Today's scripture is there on the board for you, if you'd like to jot them down. They're all out of the NIV today. Well, once again, good morning and welcome to each and every one of you who made the choice to get up out of bed, hop in that car, come here, and be a part of this service, be a part of this family. This past Wednesday, we uh, kicked off the season of Lent with Ash Wednesday. And I know for many, for I used to be one, eh, what's the big deal? But now, on the other side, it is a big deal. So I encourage you, if you don't know what Lent really is, very least, Google it. Read up on it. Ask God to show you what the true meaning, the true purpose is of all this. All right. But again, welcome. Welcome to you joining in. out in the world today, I got to say, David, uh, looks like the numbers have been doing very well with people viewing our Sunday morning worship. So uh, technology, when used properly, what a blessing. All right, today's scripture was from last week, and I'm going to read it again because we're going to be spending some time in this. Uh, it's from John 15, 1 to 8, and I'm going to read it now. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to John 15, 1 to 8. And again, this is the, out of the NIV version. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The word of God for the people of God. Today's title, Pruned, Abiding, and Bearing Fruit. I found this little story, and I thought, how appropriate. Once upon a time, there were two woodcutters who were father and son, Jim and Caleb. Now, Caleb would often like to antagonize his father, Jim, with a question over who was the best woodcutter, who chopped the most wood. So one day, they decided to hold a competition to determine the winner. The rules were simple. Whoever produces the most wood in a day wins. So the next morning, both Jim and Caleb took to their positions in the forest 
and started chopping away in their fastest speed possible. Now, this lasted for an hour before Jim suddenly stopped. When Caleb realized that there was no chopping sound from his father's side, he thought, ah, ha-ha, the old man must be tired already. And Caleb continued to cut down his tree with double the pace. A quarter of an hour passed, and Caleb heard his father chopping again. So both of them carried on, swing by swing. Caleb was starting to feel weary when the chopping from Jim stopped once again. Feeling motivated and smelling victory close by, Caleb continued on with a smile on his face. This went on the whole day. Every hour, Jim would stop chopping for 15 minutes while Caleb kept going relentlessly. So when the competition ended, Caleb was confident, absolutely confident, that he would take the victory. But to Caleb's astonishment, his father had actually cut down more wood. How did this even happen? How could you have chopped down more trees than me? I heard you stopping, stop working every hour for 15 minutes, exclaimed Caleb. Caleb's father, Jim, simply replied, Well, it's really simple, my son. Every time I stopped work while you were still chopping down trees, I was sharpening my axe. How often do we as Christians, as well as human beings, take the time to sharpen our own axes in this competition, this game of life? How many of us continue to just chop, chop, chop away with the same old axe, dull as it can be. From our personal life to our spiritual life, swinging away and not really achieving much progress. You ever wonder, why do I never get ahead? Anybody? Entertaining the thought, why am I always chopping away at the same limb the same tree, clearing the same brush that just seems to grow continuously in this cluttered, disorganized backyard I call life. Anyone out there? I would assume there's at least one. I will raise my hand. Where does progress begin? Where does progress end? Remember last week we talked about when a bunch of limbs from a tree come down in your front yard, your backyard, usually after a storm. Isn't it just wonderful to look out the window and see this mess? All these limbs entangled, entwined on top, under, trist, I mean, just like a pretzel. It becomes very frustrating to the point you don't even want to do it. Limb upon limb upon limb. Where do I start to clean up? becomes the question of the day. I want you to hold that thought. Keep that image in the back of your mind of all these limbs, these trees, just massed together, creating havoc. Let us keep that thought and then move into the season of Lent because you're going to see they kind of go hand in hand. Now, we talked about this down at the Ash Wednesday service. I did take a few lines from the service to describe the purpose of Lent very briefly. 
During the Lent season, followers of Jesus Christ observe a period of fasting, repentance, moderation, self-denial, and spiritual discipline. The purpose of the Lenten season is for each one of us to set aside time for reflection on Jesus Christ. And in doing so, do we consider his suffering, his sacrifice, his life, his death, his burial, and most importantly, his resurrection? As I said Wednesday night, for myself, I simply define it as a time to open the books and take a hard, honest look at myself, Jim Manbeck, to humble myself before God as I examine my own personal walk in loving, serving, and praising God, as well as my actions, my love towards my fellow man. And maybe, just maybe, to do some pruning myself, as well as to ask God to trim me up where needed. Does my walk as well as your walk with Jesus, Lord and Savior, does it even come close to the way Jesus walked this earth, especially with the action of love? How Jesus loves his Father and how Jesus loves each one of us, even though we do not deserve it. And you know what? I can only think of the messes I have caused in my own life, in my own front yard, in my own backyard, throughout my own life. I apologize, I've got a dry mouth today. Maybe even let's go too far, go so far, the messes that I have caused in other people's lives. Ouch. Ever think about that? Lord only knows how many limbs have fallen due to my own error, my own desires, as well as what Satan has creatively and purposely thrown into the mix, the life of Jim Manbeck. And then, of course, I can only again speak for myself. For this morning and hopefully throughout the season of Lent, the word emulation meaning to be the same in meaning or effect. Does our love for the Father as well as for the inhabitants in our own personal lives, does it emulate the love that Jesus has for both? The 40-day period of Lent is based on two episodes of spiritual testing in the Bible. The 40 years of wilderness wandering by the Israelites after the exodus from Egypt. If you turn in your Bibles, Numbers 33-38. Numbers 33-38 out of the NIV. As the Lord command, as the Lord's command, Aaron the priest went up Mount Hor, where he died on the first day of the fifth month of the fortieth year after the Israelites came out of Egypt, as well as the temptation of Jesus, which I think most of us know it as that, the temptation of Jesus after he spent forty days fasting in the wilderness. And if you look at Mark one twelve to thirteen. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild angel, animals, and angels attended him. 
Now, suffering is both the context and fruit of a fallen world. Everyone here this morning has experienced suffering. True? Some type of suffering. At some point or other, everyone has been hurt, betrayed, loss of a loved one, taken advantage of, or oppressed by someone else, or maybe caused suffering in someone else's life. Yet the Bible promises that God will use even suffering to work for good on behalf of the redeemed. And again, to work for good on behalf of the redeemed. Remember that word, redeemed. In Romans 5, 3 to 4, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Spoiler alert, the unbeliever does not share in this promise. This promise is reserved for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Knowing this, we, you and I, can rest in the truth that the Lord uses every season to form greater intimacy. Now think about that. Think about the intimacy you have with your spouse. To me, that's something God created, and it is good. Whatever God creates is good. But think about that, the intimacy between God and you. There's a thought for the week. Think about that. How much intimacy do you allow God to have with you? That's even a better question. The truth that the Lord uses every season to form greater intimacy with Him and greater fruitfulness for Him. Fruit fullness for him in john 15 1 8 that we had read earlier jesus describes a season in the life of a believer when god initiates loss in the life of a believer this is called pruning the pruning season can bring loss on various fronts financial resources impact influence Stature, reputation, position, or opportunity. To be pruned is to lose the basis upon which everything around you measures you as successful. Now here, anyone here does not want to be successful? I think we all can say, to an extent, we want to be successful in whatever we do. From a husband to a wife, grandmother, grandpa, son, daughter, occupation, about part of the family of God. Don't we all want to do better? Don't we all want to bring our best? Again, to be pruned is to lose the basis upon which everyone around you measures you as successful. But know this, the Lord has purpose for you and I in this season of loss. Pruning makes fruitful branches more fruitful. It is important to understand that the Lord prunes the fruitful branches, not the unfruitful. The fruitful branches are, are not pruned. They are separated from the vine and thrown into the fire. 
We talked about that last week. What do we do when we have a mess out back? Out back? We take all that scrap, all that nasty wood. Usually, we all like to build a fire, and into the fire it goes. Or we save it for a fire in the future. The pruning season comes to be the fruitful believer, giving the hope of greater fruitfulness in the next season. James tells us to consider it all joy during the season of trial because of the sanctification it brings. In John 15, 2, if you want to turn there, John 15, 2, again going back. In John 15, 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. People of Roxford Church, how many of us, you and I, will declare joy? How many of us declare joy? Declare joy right now in our lives. How many of us are willing to declare joy when it's going all right? When life is good, don't we like to declare joy? Maybe even get up and sing a little song as we're getting dressed. Dance a little, you know? Anybody? Maybe even make an extra cup of coffee for uh, your spouse, for a friend, someone at work. Maybe even stop and get donuts. Feeling good today. I thought I'd be generous. It's pretty easy to be joyful when things are going well, but what happens when those trials and tribulations come? Where does the joy go? Does the joy stay? Or does that joy tend to uh, ride off into the sunset? When you and I fail in various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, how many of us are willing to go through that just to get a little patience? That's a tough one, isn't it? Patience. That could be a whole weekly sermon right there on patience. In James 1, 2-4, if you would, please turn with me. James 1, 2-4. Consider it pure joy, my brother and sisters, wherever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mature and complete. Imagine this. You and I have a, we have this nice tree in our backyard. Now this tree is a fruit tree. When cared for and nurtured, has the potential to be amazing in its life. The impact that this tree has in the area it resides, hands down, just beautiful. People stop to look at this beautiful tree, just like people like to look at beautiful babies. It just draws them in. This tree's ability to produce its fruit is a plus for the homeowner, the local market, and the surrounding area. Because this gentleman, we take the fruit we take some for our own consumption, and then we are good people. We take it, and we take it to the local market, and we sell it. We want people to taste our delicious fruit. From family to friends to complete strangers, the tree's fruit 
feeds hundreds when producing. That's a pretty good thing, is it not? The benefits. I get it. They get it. We're all happy. It provides a smile on people's faces, provides nourishment to those who are hungry. Another benefit is the people who feast upon this tree's fruit. It produces seeds as well. Now, what can we do with seeds? We can plant them, can't we? We can plant them, nurture them, let them grow. Then we can harvest our own fruit, and then guess what? We can give them away. Then the next person can take those seeds. It's a very giving opportunity. Where one can take the seeds and plant their own beautiful tree in their very own backyard. Continues to keep giving through its, throughout its life. Now think about us, if we apply that to our own selves. How many of us have had seeds planted in us? How many of us have ate that fruit? Did we get nourishment from that fruit? From the bread, as we talked about earlier. Puts a smile on our face. It changes us, do not? Does it not? What happens when you start eating a healthy diet? All this changes. Anybody ever go out and have, uh, let's say, two months of good, clean eating, and then you decide to treat yourself and you go through McDonald's, and you get that nasty cheeseburger, what happens? Stomach revolts on you, does it not? Been eating well, been eating clean, and then you start to put junk in it. It is not happy. Now, in order for all this to happen, care must be given to this tree. Someone, better yet, shall you and I say, a certified master gardener to prune and provide for what this tree needs. Now, I have no doubt that this master gardener as well would carry perhaps a sharp axe, a sharp set of pruners in his tool bag. Would make sense, would it not? If we go back to the beginning of the story, look what happens when someone uses a sharp axe, takes the time to continually take care of their tools versus someone who just keeps hacking and hacking and hacking away. You know what happens. You ever try hitting a, a tree like that with a dull axe? How many of us have had a tree bounce or the axe bounce right back? Don't even, hardly even skin the bark. You're not going anywhere. So could we say if we keep our own axes sharp? Or if, perhaps we could say through the word, through the prayer with Christ, with the master gardener, and if we swallow our pride and say, hey, I need you to prune this because I just can't do it. Think that's going to help produce a healthier fruit for us to pass on? To produce the fruit that is capable of. You ever wonder what you're capable of? Ever wonder that? Especially as you get older. I know I do. What could have been? What could have I done? Now we can't go back, but we can start to change today. True. But again, sometimes I get a little sour thinking what I could have done for God. But you know what? That's the way it was. But God still has a plan for me, right? 
God still has a plan for you. And at certain times in this tree's growth, that master gardener might have to trim or cut away some other trees to allow the sunshine to come through, to make sure it receives enough water, or maybe even destroy other trees, brush located near or next to the tree that this master gardener loves so much. Perhaps these trees that surround our tree are toxic, perhaps destructive, or even lethal to this healthy tree. If you and I look this morning, better yet, how about if I look this morning out upon all of you and I see all these fruit trees sitting here right in front of me. How many of you need some pruning? How many of you are willing to admit, yes, I need some things removed from my life that keeps me from growing? Producing the fruit that the master gardener himself planned on me producing in my own lifetime. How many of us trees need a little sunshine, need a little more water, basically need some love and attention from the master? But, and there's always a but, but are we just too hard-headed, hard-hearted to allow him to take care of us? Maybe we are the ones who have become toxic in our own backyard. Well, I do not know a better time than right now in the season of Lent to take a hard look at yourself, to ask, am I growing in Christ? Am I growing in my walk? Am I producing the fruit that I was intended to give my loved ones, my friends, my neighbors, my church, the loss that I encounter each and every day? Am I honoring my Father, the Master Gardener? And how about that plan that God has for me, for my life? What better time than the season of Lent? What better time than today as you and I observe Holy Communion? Let you and I not worry about someone else's backyard and what they are producing. Let you and I give an accounting for our own backyard. Let the good Lord above prune in our own lives so that when we grow as Christians, as a church, as a whole, for the kingdom of God, we can grow. Think about the fruit we can produce. This world needs Jesus Christ. This world needs the love and peace that Jesus Christ produces. But let me ask you, my friends, what do you need this morning? What do you need this morning? And guess what? The answer? Well, it's right here and right there at that altar. You decide. Amen.